that's a diet mentality because actually what we know from science is within a certain probably 15 to 20 pound like set point range, that's going to be our body. I'm a short girl. I'm 5'3". I would never make these goals like I'm going to be 5'8". I'm going to be 5'8 by December 31st, 2000, whatever. Like, And yet that's what we do with our weight. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 63 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. And to put it simply, today we're getting deep. And I mean, we kind of always get deep. Like today we're getting really deep. I've read on Dr. Stephanie Reinold to chat body image, struggles with food and deeper issues, intuitive and mindful eating, health at every size, and breaking free from body hatred and diet culture. All such good stuff, right? Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our diets or exercise plans that we lose sight of what really matters in life and food and body concerns can take over our days and our minds and life is so much more than that stuff you know so if you're like okay Marie how did you know I needed this this is the episode for you and I cannot wait for you to hear from Dr. Stephanie Reinold she is a board certified psychiatrist women's mental health expert and eating disorder specialist she is author of the best-selling book let your heart out plus she has her own podcast too called it's not about the food Dr. Reinold has helped thousands of women overcome mental illness, make peace with food, ditch the diet aspect of life, and live their abundant dream lives, and most importantly, let their hearts out. And she has also presented on topics of eating disorders, postpartum depression, perinatal eating disorders, um, and more on a national and international level, but more than professional experience, her personal experience, which you'll hear all about with a decade-long eating disorder and postpartum depression, um, just really drives all of her points home. And she's speaking from such a place of compassion and and understanding and love. And I know that you're going to fall in love with her the way I did. If you learn anything from this episode, you'll learn that there is so much freedom on the other side of that mental battle with food and body image. And I'm really excited for you to hear from someone whose mission it is to take the stress, worry, and war away from what we eat and how we look. But before we get to the good stuff, this episode is in partnership with my favorite, favorite skincare company. You already know, Tula. And Tula could not be more on point for today's topic because my skincare routine is such an important part of my self-love routine. Like taking those intentional moments with myself at the beginning and end of my day are non- negotiables like they keep me sane you know and of course Tula products are incredibly effective my skin has never been better you guys plus they are clean cruelty free and infused with skin nourishing probiotics like what more could you want that's everything I could want and more and you guys know I rave about them all the time and you can always get 20% off your entire order at Tula.com with code Marie they also have an incredible skin quiz but again that's Tula T-U la.com and you can save 20% by entering code Marie at checkout. Before we jump into the episode, let's do the review of the week. This one is from Just Peachy Emmy. I believe Emmy just joined Movener Shine. What's up, girl? So excited to work with you. And her review says, Sunflower Squad Magic, five stars. Marie is such a true and genuine human and I couldn't be more thankful for her podcast and the rest of her team, of course. Shout out to Kels. I've binged every episode and with each one, I've grown deeper in my truest self. Whether she was solo or introducing me to another incredible woman, I left each episode feeling empowered and ready to take action. It's hard as a woman in your early 20s to find those spaces online that make you feel good, but Marie has created that for us. Guys, my heart is like bursting right now. If you are looking for a podcast to change your life in the most positive way, look no further. Join the Sunflower Squad. And until next time, don't forget to hashtag grind and be grateful. Emmy, I just adore this review and I adore you. And thank you so, so much. Like that has made my day and I'm sure my team's day and is just really 
really encouraging. And I'm so glad that this podcast has impacted you in such a positive, powerful way. And I'm super, super grateful for you. So as a review of the week, you officially get one of my favorite little wellness goodies in the mail. So yes, like an actual little present. So please send me a DM when you hear this um, review of the week. And if you want to receive a virtual hug from me and have a chance to be featured as a review of the week and get a surprise little wellness goodie in the mail, then head over to iTunes on your computer or the Apple podcast app on your iPhone, search for the show and then scroll to leave a rating and review for us. Taking just two minutes to do that supports the show more than I can even explain. And not only does it just make my heart overflow with joy, it also really helps us move up the charts and grow our community so that we can reach even more women that need these messages. So thank you if you take the time to do so. Anyone who leaves a rating and review automatically gets a virtual hug from me, but you will also be entered for a chance to be the review of the week, receive a little goodie from me in the mail, and our eternal gratitude for myself and the team. So thank you in advance if you take a second to do that. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Hi, Marie. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited because you definitely have like this wealth of information um, that's not just like, you know, textbook information. It's all very empowering and relevant insight for our listeners, our like ambitious women that are listening to us now, wherever they might be mentally or physically with their health and wellness. So to kick things off, um, I would love for you to share just like your background in terms of your personal journey with wellness and body image and food and all of that stuff. And then how that kind of um, connects to your education and now your work in the space. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me and thank you for the sweet words. Yeah. So basically from a pretty young age, I think maybe second or third grade was kind of my earliest memory of just being very body conscious. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't even really, it wasn't technically an effort to change my body. I just became more aware of my body and really began um, kind of in my days as a competitive gymnast when I was a young girl. And some older girls and some gymnastics coaches actually just kind of commented on my figure. And it wasn't actually in a negative way. In fact, it was actually in a positive way. And particularly, I, you know, I'm, I'm a curvy girl, I'm sure. And I've always had a little booty, even from the time I was a little mm-hmm. girl. And, you know, I have a daughter now and my daughter has my same body structure. So now I kind of understand, I guess, where adults were coming from. But from mm-hmm. a fairly young age, you know, pre-pubescent, I just was very aware of my body that somehow it was different. And yeah, when you're that young, you just assume different is bad, right? We want to be just like yeah. our friends. And so then it, it really wasn't too long, probably in middle school then, when I started going through puberty and obviously like any woman who goes through puberty, I gained weight, which of course I thought was the worst thing in the world. And so when I was in this summer school accelerated history class with some older high school girls at the time, they were taking diet pills and starting on diets. And so I started my first diet when I was 13 and it was slim fast. And unfortunately, after that happened, because what happens the first time we diet, we we do lose weight the first time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was actually fairly easy to lose weight, usually the first time you ever diet or restrict. And so I came back to school after summer school and I got all of this positive feedback. Oh, you mm-hmm. look so great. I got all this attention from boys, you know, which was like the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it just became very, you know, wrapped up in my appearance and that that was my self-worth at the time, which is, you know, really unfortunate. And, you know, I think nationwide, worldwide, this could happen. I think in, you know, I grew up in Texas in the South where it is very image centric. And, you know, the way that I was raised, like in gymnastics, it was very image centric. You know, I did image centric Mm -hmm. activities. And, you know, so without realizing it, even though here I was like straight A honor student, I mean, I wanted to be a doctor from a really young age. So I was a very serious student. I was a competitive athlete. And yet I was looking at my entire self-worth because that's really where I got the most external validation from was Mm -hmm. because of my body. And so from really that point on, it was all about looking a certain way and manipulating my food, manipulating my exercise in order to 
keep looking this way. But as anyone can attest, it's never good enough. I mean, it was never good enough. No matter what size I was, no matter the smallest size I've ever been to the biggest size I ever was, like it was never good enough until really it spiraled out of control the first couple years of college. I I truly had a full-blown eating disorder. I suffered from bulimia Mm -hmm. in that time. And it was a really horrible dark time that had kind of essentially been brewing though here for like five, six years prior to that. And Mm -hmm. so similarly, even coming out of that, it took me a solid probably five, six years thereafter to not only heal from my eating disorder, but also from this kind of chronic restriction, like the chronic diet mentality and this chronic desire to lose weight and just the overwhelming like dissatisfaction with your body. And so it's mm-hmm. it's a journey for sure. Um, but that's a little bit of my story in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. So with like your struggles and what you went through, first of all, I can relate to them on a lot of levels. Um, and uh, it always, not that I'm glad that you went through it, but it always is like kind of comforting just to know that other people did start those sorts of like thoughts and struggles Mm -hmm. at such a young age because I remember being in elementary school and being like body conscious and like Mm -hmm. you said not necessarily like self-conscious yet but just noticing that like I was different than you know the other girls in my class and like I assumed that different was bad and so um it's always really interesting to hear from people who have like a similar like memory of the first time they were aware of like their body being different. And so how did that um, lead into you like following the career path that you're in and like helping women with this stuff? Well, I always wanted to be a doctor. So I knew something yeah. in the healthcare field, kind of medicine, like, you know, I, I went into high school or really, yeah, I guess high school, but I was going to say I went into college really with that career path in mind. And, you know, I liked a, a lot of different things. You know, when I was in college, I uh, worked at a cardiology clinic. So I thought I'd go into cardiology. And, you know, then I thought I'd be a surgeon. And, you know, then you have a life and I wanted to have a family. And so kind of just looking at more broad-based, like, what do I really want out of my life, not just a mm-hmm. career? And I remember when I was really in the thick of it, when I was in college, and it was just a really dark time of my life, you know, um a long-term relationship of mine ended, which really spiraled my eating disorder even further out of control. And I I just vividly remember having this one moment. It was, I can't remember, like the end of my sophomore year. And I was in the shower and it was like the week of finals. And I just remember I was, I was like socially isolating from my peers. I mean, it was mm. so bad. It, you know, it's just, it was very, very bad time in my life. And I just remember thinking, if I can ever get out of this, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to help people like this. Like I, 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 I will get out of this. Like I kind of had this hope, like I didn't know how or, and I, it was interesting because I actually had a lot of hope, but I didn't really have a lot of motivation, which is a weird place Mm. to be. Like I, I wasn't actually motivated to like stop my behaviors right then and there because they didn't stop right then and there. But I had hope that this wasn't going to be the rest of my life. And I knew yeah. this wasn't going to be the legacy that I left for any anybody like looking up to me. Like I, you know, because I had at that point, you know, a lot of like high school girls like looked up to me and different things. And so I was just like, this cannot continue. And mm-hmm. I was kind of in medical school when I sort of just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And um, my last year of medical school, I was pregnant with actually my oldest. And I was like, crap, what am I going to (laughs) do? I'm going to have a baby, right? No pressure or anything. Yeah, in medical school. And, you know, so I'm looking at kind of some other different opportunities, like, you know, dermatology, like family medicine. And and then I did a psychiatry rotation and I really, really loved working with eating disorder patients. And by that Mm -hmm. point, for the most part, I consider that my in recovery phase. So I no longer really had an active eating disorder, but I was still of a very weight centric chronic diet mentality um, at mm-hmm. that time. And so it would be some years later that I kind of saw the light and, you know, have grown since like a more online platform for myself. But at that time, I really just liked the the medicine of it. I just saw it was so complex. Like it was this hybrid of 
kind of this addiction model, but also therapy. There was like, it was very medical for a psychiatry field because there's so many Mm -hmm. medical problems that happen when we abuse food or our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I don't know, it was just a really good fit for me. And so I chose to go into psychiatry. And then it was probably after I had uh, my children and kind of going through pregnancy postpartum and just being a little bit re-triggered by watching my body change and how Mm. somewhat traumatic that was for me, you know, with my history and just how difficult it is to watch yourself gain weight in pregnancy. And then- Just when you thought you found your equilibrium. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I had healthy babies and everything was fine. And, but I just remember feeling so just not comfortable in my body. You know, here mm-hmm. you are, like, you just have this new body, like you have saggy skin, you have more cellulite, you like, you have folds in places you didn't have folds in before. You know, I had a C-section, so I had a scar in my abdomen, you know, it's just all these little things. And I was like, why, like, why can't I get over this? Why can't I get yeah. over this? You know, like I just wanted this. I literally wanted like brain surgery. I would pray at night that this part of my brain would just be removed because I yeah. was like, I just, my life would be so much better. Like I connected the dots mm-hmm. that it was ruining my life. And I just yeah. kind of sad it took me that long, <laughs> but it took me that long to probably connect the dots that it was infiltrating every single area of my life. It was mm-hmm. infiltrating like just how I connected to my husband, how I connected to my patients, even what kind of mother I was showing up as and you know what I was holding myself back from just in my life and what I really wanted to be doing with my life. And it's kind of just like the right time, the right place. But I came across the book, Intuitive Eating, and mm-hmm. it was actually in my second pregnancy. And it was interesting because in that pregnancy with my son, I actually wasn't gaining weight. Um, and there was actually some medical complications. And so it was a high-risk pregnancy. And it was the very first time in my life ever I was actively trying to gain weight. Yeah, And It was such a therapeutic experience for me. And it was also really interesting medically at how hard that is to actually, you know, we always talk about, you know, set point weight or, you know, how hard it is to lose weight. Like no one actually ever says like on the flip, it's actually really hard to gain weight beyond what your body is naturally conditioned to be at, even with, even within a pregnancy, you know, like we think that, if we just, you know, let ourselves go. And like, I had stopped working out. I was eating very high calorie diets, you know, it was all medically supervised and still like, I really wasn't gaining very much weight for a Mm -hmm. pregnant woman. And so it really flipped this switch in my brain that I can trust myself. Like I can trust my body. Like I'm not, and it's funny because I, I, it's sad because I work with patients and clients. And of course, that's everyone's biggest fear. Like the minute I start to trust myself, I'm just going to gain a million pounds. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm all the bad things in life are going to happen to me, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. like, I'm going to lose all chances of romance and love and success. Right. Because we've, we've tied up our, our worth with what we look like and what we right. look like with being heavy or not heavy. And, and so, I say this with compassion that honestly, now I can say, I don't care if I gain weight, but I know Mm -hmm. where you're at probably listening because where most of us are, where I was, you know, five years ago, you are so petrified of gaining weight. And so it was really comforting to know that it's actually really hard to gain weight. Like it's actually Mm -hmm. beyond your set point. And you might be like, no, Dr. Reinald, you're totally crazy. I gain weight like crazy. Like, Maybe, but maybe you are also still restricting yourself, like suppressing yourself still below where your body's really comfortable to be at because I've lived it and I've helped a lot of patients and clients through this. There will reach an upper limit, if you will, where Mm -hmm. you're going to stop gaining weight. Like it just that your body levels itself out. And so that was really comforting and therapeutic just for me as I was like going through this lived experience for myself where I was like, huh, okay. And then can I be happy with this body here and now? 
you know, mm-hmm. which, and that was hard. It was not easy, you know, and, and I will fully admit I'm in a fairly average size body, although, you know, I still get comments at the gym too. So I think there's just such an unrealistic expectation of what mm-hmm. we should be looking like. It's like mm-hmm. a whole other discussion we can dive into too. But I, I will say though, it was somewhat more helpful probably that I, I am in an average size body making peace with all of this. And so I was able, but it, it really started the first time where I was kind of grieving this fantasy self. And yeah. I, I call it a fantasy because I think we're living in this mythical version of who we think we could be mm-hmm. 10, 20, 50, 100 pounds lighter. And we stop living our life in the here and now, you know? And so for me, that was probably the first time that I actually was like, what would life be like if this was my body? Like if Mm -hmm. this, you know, right? Because it's kind of crazy to say now because I've done so much work and this is almost like a former self to me, but I I know what that is like so much because I've been there. Like you – you're just waiting for yeah. the 10 pounds lighter, the 20 pounds lighter. And so you're you're literally just letting your life pass you by. Right. And like so, everything's on hold and it's like, I'll be happy when, I'll be confident when, I'll wear yeah. the thing when, and like m- maybe it never happens. That, yeah. that I remember that was like a moment of revelation for me is I had like gained some weight from like hormonal and like metabolic stuff from years of restriction, years Mm -hmm. of doing bikini competitions and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I really just want to get back to like a little bit leaner. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought I was, you know, I thought that was coming from the right place. But someone goes, but Marie, what if you're like, what if this is your body? Like, are can you not be happy in the body you're in right now? And I like took that to heart so much. And once I started working on that, that's when I was finally happy. And I was like, oh, I don't even need to lose 10 pounds. Like I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm here and I'm happy and it's all good. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause yeah, I shifted my thinking instead of, because I mean, literally probably my entire life from probably middle school, I would make these goals of like weight based goals, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm going to be this size by this date. I'll be this much weight by this date. And I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a freaking doctor. Like, what am I doing with my life that I'm still so preoccupied? You Mm -hmm. know, and I, I say that not like to brag or put myself on a pedestal, but just to kind of level myself a little bit that these are just like, woman and human problems that I think we all have, that no matter what success you've reached, if you're still holding yourself back because you think that the next season of your life, the next success you can get isn't when, you know, is going to happen when you are a different body size, you're you're just limiting your life so mm-hmm. much because I realized it was it was little things. It was like you know I'll go to this reunion you know but I need to lose twenty pounds before I go you know right. or I you know I'll I'll go to this swim party or I'll go to this social function or I'll host a Christmas party but I want to tone up before then you know it was just mm-hmm. this constant mindset like every event, every next season of my life, every every month was like these new weight-based goals that honestly, they were never going to happen. <laughs> like yeah. they, they never happened at all. And then even when I was at my all-time lowest, when I was like running marathons and like super restrictive with my diet, I was at an all-time smallest size, smallest weight. I still wanted to tone up and shred mm-hmm. down and still like I still enough. it wasn't good enough. And yeah. so I think it just all really hit me here in my second pregnancy where it was just like it's actually really hard to gain weight. There is like a medical science to like a set point weight mm-hmm. and which was helpful. Like the facts were helpful to me to kind of mm-hmm. and then I was like what am I working with now? You know, like what am I mm-hmm. working with? Like and can can I be happy? And if I say no, am I going to limit myself for the rest of my life? Yeah. You know, and it was kind of about this time actually too that in one of – I was in like so many different like online fitness communities because that was – I would set goals, right? I'm a goal-oriented person. And so Mm -hmm. I would make all of my goals were like health and fitness goals because everything else I had accomplished. Like I've been a doctor. I I got married. I had kids. It was like – the yeah, it was like the one thing that I wasn't perfect at, quote unquote – and 
I, I was in these fitness communities and I think there was like some 65 year old woman. She was, she was in her like late sixties and she was saying something about her body. And I was like, Oh my dear Lord. Like, can, does it ever end? Like, yeah, <laughs> does yeah, it yeah. ever? I was just like, hell no, I am not going to be a grandma who still worries about this crap. Right. <laughs> like, I am going to get control of this. And it was probably also a huge motivation that I had a daughter, you know, which I just, I really started to see, she was starting to ask questions and like see me like, you know, cause I was at that time, I was still like the last quote unquote diet I was on was like, if it fits your macros. And that was like mm-hmm. for a couple of years, which there are people that I think maybe have a little more peaceful relationship with that. And I'm thankful yeah. that was a part of my journey. But for me, the numbers were always triggering. I was like, I mm-hmm. need to stop everything. I need to stop weighing myself. I need to stop weighing my food. I need to stop. I deleted my fitness pal. I was like, I need, I need freedom. Like I want real freedom. I want to be able to trust myself because I believe that our bodies can be trusted. I don't think we have to manage them. And it just opened this floodgate of peace, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it was, there was grief in that too, you know, because right. For a long period of time, you know, my body was, I mean, I was still pregnant actually at the time. So I was still literally changing my body. (laughs) And then postpartum was a whole other journey because then I approached it so much differently. Like I'm actually, I'm not trying to get my body back. I'm trying to have like freedom as a new mom. Mm -hmm. So it just, and you know, then like I kind of got into this space more and just started reading more books and seeing more people. And I just really fell in love with this culture that like, you know, I just started seeing, it was just layer after layer uncovered of like everything, like the cultural expectations, the society standards, like how our environment plays into this. And just, there's so much more than this very reductionistic view that I used to see mm-hmm. that it was all about like calories in, calories out, how much you exercise, like, and it's all like willpower based. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is actually so much bigger than that. Yeah. Like one, I know that you're a really big advocate for rejecting diet culture, obviously. So I think most women, if not every single woman in our society has experienced it. Like, I don't know a single person who mm-hmm. hasn't been affected by it, but for someone who hasn't like learned how to identify it or like how to know how it's affecting them. What exactly would you say diet culture is and like red flags that it's like impeding our quality of life and our happiness? Yeah, this is a really loaded discussion. (laughs) Um, And a lot of, you know, I actually have a a little different view than maybe a lot of people in this space. You know, usually what you're, usually what you hear is if it's preaching weight loss, it's a diet. And and I would probably say yes. I mean, if there is like a promise of some physical transformation, you are probably still steeped in diet culture to some extent. Um, But I actually think it's, a little more subtle than that and a little bit more broad spectrum than that. I think that for what, like for one person, what could actually be a healing part of their journey, it's why I say like, if it fits your macros was a great next step for me. Right. Because honestly, before then I was in like the whole 30 paleo, I like had a very restricted diet. Mm -hmm. Like there were complete food groups I wasn't even eating. So like if it fits your macros helped me make peace with carbs. Right. You know, so like understand, I think first step for anybody who's like still there is like understand where you are right now. Like, are you still like have... Do you still have a lot of fear around eating certain foods? You know, that's a really big one. And for a lot of people, it's things like sugar or bread or processed foods. And do you have a certain level of fear around certain quantities of food or certain times of day of eating? Mm -hmm. Like an honest, like take an honest assessment. Like, do you just have fear around food? Right. And if the answer is yes, you probably have a really ingrained diet mentality. Mm -hmm. And there's no shame. It's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. It's in books we read. It's on TV. It's in conversations with our loved ones. It's in office spaces. It's it's everywhere. It's commercials. It's, you know, and we kind of, sometimes you'll see it and it's like, 
it, we make a joke of it. And then other times it's kind of more serious, like the fear mongering around obesity. And so it comes in lots of different forms and fashions. But still, if someone is convincing you that you have control over your weight because of X, Y, and Z, that's a diet mentality because actually what we know from science is we don't really have that much control over our body size and shape. Mm. Really, you know, within a certain probably 15 to 20 pound like set point range, that's going to be our body. Yeah. You know, it's like – and so when you start to think about it like that, again, it kind of comes back. It's like I'm a short girl. I'm 5'3". I would never make these goals like – I'm going to be 5'8". I'm going to be 5'8 by December 31st, 2000, whatever. And yet that's what we do with our weight. And I know this is such a radical thought for you if you're still in it because we've all been brainwashed, myself Mm -hmm. included, maybe more so because I've been in the professional world and obviously y'all know the medical community is very weight-centric. It's a whole other discussion, you know, but- for the record, BMI is, was never intended to be an instrument for health mm. or individual health. It's like a whole other discussion. But we, for lots of different reasons, a lot of bureaucratic, big business, pharma, whatever, lots of different intersections have made us believe these things that are truly not real. It, it's not actually based in reality. It's why 95% of dieters regain the weight they've lost. And of the 5% that don't regain the weight, at least 98% of those people have clinical eating disorder or manifestations of an eating disorder. Mm, so yeah. what I tell people is like, it's literally not possible to sustain a pursuit of weight loss. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. of course the next question you're thinking of is like, well, what if I naturally lose weight? Then you naturally lose weight and maybe you are above your set point weight. But if right. you are somebody that's like, I'm going into this, I'm trying to be a, like a certain size, you're actively suppressing your set point weight, you will gain weight. Even if right. you're continuing those current behaviors, even if you're continuing your low carb, whatever diet indefinitely, or your really crazy exercise program, your body will fight back because our body Mm -hmm. is crazy amazing. And you have so many different hormonal biological factors that are going to start to kick in and start to slow down your mechanism. You know, they did a study with the biggest loser um, where, what was it like seven, eight years later, they looked at all the contestants of the biggest Mm -hmm. loser and they were burning 500 or 800 calories less than they were, even if they were at a smaller body size. Wow. So, and they were all gaining, like actively gaining weight. So it's just, it doesn't matter like where you are in the spectrum. Your body wants to be healthy at whatever weight it is healthiest at. And Mm -hmm. you, you can pursue different health-promoting habits and behaviors for sure that do a lot more for your health than focusing on the number on the scale. And they may result in weight loss, but like if that's your only goal, then that's when it's flawed, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. Let's take a quick break. Isn't this episode absolutely amazing? I promise I'll get you right back to it. But first, let's talk skincare. Of course, self-care goes far beyond face masks and bubble baths. But who doesn't love a good face mask, honestly? Like... We all we all love a good face mask and my current favorite is the exfoliating treatment mask from Tula which has bentonite clay for gentle exfoliation and blueberry extract to hydrate and improve skin tone. I bet you didn't know your blueberries could do that. And I personally have dry and sensitive skin, so exfoliating masks can be real hit or miss and this one is a definite hit. I don't feel dry or over exfoliated at all, just a nice healthy glow and improved texture and I've also forced my boyfriend who has oily skin to use it and he was like taken aback from how great his skin looked after so truly it is for everyone even the guys in your life and I love their entire line of products so much that I have literally exclusively 
exclusively. Been using Tula stuff since the beginning of 2018, and I swear by this brand. And really, what's so special is that Tula uses probiotics as the foundation for all of their products, and probiotics have been proven to help promote the look of skin's natural balance, blocking in moisture to leave your complexion more hydrated and reducing the appearance of inflammation. So not only are there being clinically proven high quality ingredients that nourish your skin and are cruelty free, so you do not have to sacrifice efficacy in order to get products that you feel great about using you guys. You know that I'm super freaking picky about what goes in and on my body, so I'm very grateful to have found products that work and have great ingredients. And if you want to learn more about Tula, I feel like I just talk them up so much, but if you're curious to learn even more, you can head over to Tula.com. They also have this amazing, I think it's super fun, skin quiz on their website. So head on over, take the skin quiz, browse their products, and if you end up grabbing anything, you can use code Marie, M-A-R-I-E, to save 20% on your entire order. Again, that's T-U-L-A, Tula.com, and the 20% off code is Marie. Now let's get back to the episode and hear more. Right. Yeah. That's why I work really hard with my clients to find like a deeper reason, you know, like I, I do coach women who want to lose weight and they come to me and they're like, I want to lose 10 pounds. I say, okay, Jenny, like, why do you want to lose 10 pounds? Like, Mm. how is that going to actually move the needle for your life? Like, how is that actually going to make you have a better life experience and like all this stuff? And then we usually come to the end of the conversation. She's like, you're right. I guess I just want to be more confident and like take better care of myself. And, Mm. you know, it's like never actually about the weight. And like something that you say a lot is it's not about the food. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that headspace and you're like stuck in a diet mentality, it can really seem like it's all about the food. Like we just need more rules. We just need more willpower. We need to like follow this protocol. So can you elaborate like on it's not about the food and like what are the questions that we should ask instead of like all of the food ones? Yeah, totally. And you know, I... I say all this totally with compassion because I remember being a part of kind of around the same time when I was really making peace. I was in some, I think I had joined some like emotional eating Facebook group or some, I don't know. I don't remember what it was exactly at the time, but I remember posting something in there and I was just like, how is it even possible to love your body? Like, how is it even possible to, to not want to lose weight? Like, how is that just not, how is that yeah. possible? You know, like I literally mm-hmm. in, in my brain at the time, I was like, that is fantasy land. That is yeah. not reality. So if that's you right now, you're totally in the right place because <laughs> that's all of us. That's all of us when we start. Cause this is, this is years, decades of like, entrenchment in this way of thinking and it's all around you constantly being culturally reinforced. So no shame. I just, I want to also be very clear with like the facts, you know, say even that client and then, you know, I'll I'll dive into, it's not about the food stuff, but say even that client, she's saying like, I want to lose 10 pounds. You actually don't have control over that. And like, Mm -hmm. you have control over what time you wake up in the day, whether you're going to do a run or a weightlifting routine, or whether you're going to do this workout or this workout, you know, and maybe to some extent, what, how much weight, like how much resistance you're doing or how fast you're pushing yourself. To Mm -hmm. some extent, that stuff is more within your control. But what the scale says at the end of the day, you have zero control over that. Right. Yeah. Zero. And we can guess what might make it move or what may, what might make it not. But like at the end of the day, the body's going to fight to get wherever it wants to be and where it's like healthiest, mo- most comfortable. Totally. Totally. And yeah. it was also, you know, which is kind of why I just back up just a little bit kind of for your audience to know that seeing people gain weight and they technically had like a better physique, you know, like in these bodybuilding communities, like you'll sometimes see these transformational photos where it's like, look, I gained 20 pounds, but they actually like look pretty good, you know? And you're yeah, like, oh. that's me. Like that I, was- I look like healthy and alive <laughs> and like way better than when I was ever competing. And I think that can be really encouraging for people to yeah. see that, but also to kind of take a step back and like, look underneath the surface there. Like start asking yourself these questions. And this is not just like one day and everything's like, this is years. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, 
probably five years now into my own journey and still uncovering layers about myself. But it's literally mm-hmm. asking yourself these questions like, so what's, so what's going to happen then when I lose that weight? And why is yeah. that important? And why is that yeah. important? And why is that important? And like digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And what's going to happen is you'll come up with usually a theme in one of these areas. Either you're going to have more love in your life, meaning like mm-hmm. you're going to get a boyfriend, you're going to get married, the person you're with is going to propose, you're going to have a better sex life, like something in the love romance category because we're all we've all been brainwashed to believe that if we gain weight, there's no way anybody will love us, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of Instantly these- Instantly unlovable. Totally. Or the other big category I see is success. Like, so then I'll be taken more seriously at work or I'll make more money or, you know, then I'll get prettier photos on Instagram and a bigger following, or, you know, what, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But there's something about success or, or luxury or whatever. And the third one is health. It's like, well, then I'll just be healthier, you know, and that's yeah. a little bit more, I think a little superficial. Usually it's one of the other two kind of deeper notions, but health is a big one too. Like say you have a very unhealthy family or there's a lot of chronic disease that runs in your family and you really truly do have legitimate fears of getting those chronic diseases. I can totally empathize with that. Like just personally, I totally get that. But I also have read the facts that that is not a lessened risk, just because you might lose weight. In fact, actually your risk could potentially be higher if you're yo-yo dieting, weight cycling, Mm -hmm. weight cycling, which is kind of defined in different ways by different experts, but typically a weight range within about 10% of your body weight, which for an average size woman, that's only about 10 to 15 pounds. You know, that's not that much technically. Like we've all probably done that at least once in our life. Do you know at right. least one weight cycle, meaning like a gaining and then a losing or a losing and then a gaining that's considered kind of one cycle increases your risk of chronic disease by like fivefold mm. more wow. than like a general population, even in a higher body weight who never weight cycled. So- wow. It's like kind of understanding – I mean, the health piece of it is actually understanding all of these numbers, like really reading the research about it, you know, and diving Mm -hmm. into books that like have really good evidence-based medicine, you know, and kind of asking yourself like these people – these influencers that I follow who are preaching like paleo and if it fits your macros and fasting and all this stuff, like – Look at the research that they're quoting. First, if they're even quoting research. A lot of times they're not. A lot of times it's just yeah. like, this is my story and I transformed my body. Well, that's great. Maybe they've always been in a smaller body and that is still their set point weight. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fitness professionals out there, sadly. you know. And then unfortunately, they make millions of dollars based on their body that's really kind of genetically ingrained. You right. know, There's a lot of us – I mean – Um, My husband got into the bodybuilding world for a while. And so I sort of followed a lot of those protocols and I never got shredded ever, no matter like what I was doing, how much weight I was lifting, how little cardio, how much carbs, how low carbs. Like, I mean, I tried all of it and I was Mm -hmm. never going to, because I actually, I had like bought a bikini. I had bought the high heels. I was like, I'm going to do a competition, which is also another goal you cannot control, by the way. You can't control your physique because that's our body fat percentage is a lot tied up in our set point weight. So it kind of is actually both. Um, So it's like you might be able to do that for a very short period of time, but most of those people, first of all, don't look like that even the day after (laughs) some competition or an hour after. And it's, and then that's like their Instagram username, profile picture forever. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's, so it's just, I mean, it screws with our mind, right? That we think that yeah. that's reality. And so we're constantly judging ourselves up against something that is literally not possible for the vast right. majority of people. And even for that person. Right. And every, every competitor knows, like I've been there. I was that person that had the competition profile picture for like a year after my show. And I like, even though I logically knew that I could not maintain that weight, 
after, like, as soon as I competed, I compared my appearance to that day for Mm. like a year after, right? Like, even though logically I knew that I went to such extremes, I Mm. forced the heck out of my body to get to that point. Like, it did not want to go there and I made it go there and I knew it wasn't healthy. And I still, like, constantly compared myself and always wanted to get like closer to that because to me that's what I was like you know that's what I hung success on was like oh if I can like reach that I'm like the pinnacle of you know success and I'll get more followers on Instagram and all this mm-hmm. stuff and like you said it was tied to all of these other things like it wasn't it wasn't because I thought that that was like the most attractive body to have necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like now that I've removed myself and like dug more, done more digging, like I actually don't even like looking at old pictures of myself. Um, but I attached it to other, like I made it mean a lot more than it did. So it's not about the weight. It's not about the food. It's about, you know, the deeper meaning that we attach to it. Yeah. Totally. And that's really all it takes. You know, I, when I, when I work with clients online, there's a specific formula, like I kind of go through with them, but essentially a lot of it is this similar stuff, like asking these questions, like Mm -hmm. asking the question, why and why and why and how, and what does that feel like? And really processing like a lot of, sometimes it does come back to like some past hurts and trauma for some people and how that is relating to your current way that you're viewing your body. Um, You know, for other people, it is like this health piece. For other people, it's like current stressors, you know, like their husbands or partners like are not supportive of weight gain or, you know, that's a really hard situation to be in. I have a lot of compassion for that, you know, but it it also kind of comes back like square one, why do you even want to make peace with this in the first place. And I think that's where the connection lies. And for me, and sounds like for you too, Marie, like you connected the dots that this was ruining your life. Like there has to be some level of awareness that like this is taking over your life. Like, and so Mm -hmm. if you kind of don't feel that way, like maybe you're in the camp, like, Hey, Dr. Reynold, I plug in all my calories to my fitness pal, or I follow paleo or I do whole 30 and I, have these awesome workouts and it just makes me feel better. Great. Keep doing what you're doing. Like I, I, there is probably nothing I can tell you to get you out of that frame of mind, but I do challenge you to just think, are you holding yourself back in one place of your life, in your work, in your career, at home, in your relationships, in your friendships? Like, is there an area you're holding yourself back? And if yes, is it because of how you look at your body that you're holding yourself back? Right. And if the answer yeah. to those two questions is yes, maybe you might have a problem with food or your body. And mm-hmm. that's when we kind of start this journey of really uncovering, okay, if I have a problem, how is this really holding me back in what I want to be doing? You know, like I had realized it even, you know, when I was first starting my online platform, I was still a bit in diet culture. And actually the very first quote online business I had was, was a food blog. It was kind of funny. It's so crazy because I'm a horrible photographer and I, (laughs) it didn't last very long, but, (laughs) but I had a food blog and it was all about gluten-free and I like drank the Kool-Aid and preached it to my family and all my friends and And then I was realizing though, even in that moment, I was holding, like I wasn't doing videos because I was like Mm -hmm. petrified of what I looked like Mm -hmm. on camera. And it was kind of little things. It was like, I didn't wear shorts in the summertime. I didn't want to wear a bikini. Like I, you know, certain like things in the bedroom, like I was like holding myself back from, like there was just a lot of different places in my life. I was starting to see, you know, And I was also so preoccupied of what other people thought of what I was eating. So then it was like indirectly affecting like my food choices because I was so worried about how other people saw me eating. Right. And it – Because if other people thought you should be on a a diet, but they saw you eating like pasta or something, like God forbid, right? Or backwards even. Like if people – like I had to – explain why I wanted a salad that day or, you know, it was just, I mean, like everything. I just, but I realized even that mental chatter, like who, who freaking cares? Like I should should not even, this is where, but I mean, it would take me 
a couple of years after that to really fully make peace. So this is where like the journey kind of starts, but it's a long journey. You know, mm-hmm. it's totally possible. It's totally doable. And I can honestly say life on the other side is a million times better. Ask me how yeah. much I think about my body in a day. Almost yeah. zero. Like I yeah. live a really full, amazing life completely without those thoughts now. That's yeah. That's awesome. And so for someone who's listening and they're like, they're maybe where you were a few years ago and they like already they're aware they want to make a change. Like what are some resources that they can go to next to help them facilitate that process? So the biggest questions I get is all about the BMI, set point weight, like wellness, like that kind of stuff. So I actually just recently created a little mini course um, and I can give you the link for it. Um, too. But that kind of helps you in like a video format, gives you really the nut and bolts, everything I ever read. And this is from hundreds of studies that I looked at, countless books that I researched. I wanted to like simplify it, condense it. Mm -hmm. It's like an easy place to help people answer their questions. So I can give you the resources for that, but that is my weight and wellness mini class. Um, It's also just on my website too, stephaniereynoldmd.com. But if you really like reading, like you want to get into this stuff yourself, the book Health at Every Size is a great book, okay? Okay. And I want you to take out of your brain whatever notions you might have and actually read it because the Mm -hmm. book itself is very – it's very fact-based. It's very comforting um, and it's a little less – what's the word? Polarizing than sometimes what you see on social media. So I just want you to kind of keep that in your mind. But that is a really good resource that really helped me early on – and the book Intuitive Eating is really good. And actually the workbook Intuitive Eating mm-hmm. um, yeah. that has since come out since when I initially read the, the book the first time is a really, mm-hmm. really helpful resource. Yeah, I've gone through that myself and it's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're super grateful for you. And we would like to know, we ask all of our guests this because this is a Grind and Be Grateful podcast. It's the last question. What is one thing that you're currently grinding for and working really hard for? And what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Well, um, I kind of have a bittersweet answer, I guess, and it's probably not maybe something I would normally in a any other season of my life probably answer very career driven because I'm very career driven woman. But right now I'm pregnant and this oh pregnancy, gosh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a bittersweet pregnancy though. I actually started my pregnancy pregnant with twins and they mm. don't run in my family. It was totally a fluke. Um, and halfway through my pregnancy at 22 weeks, I lost one of my twins. I'm so yeah, thank you. So I'm I'm grinding out the rest of my pregnancy <laughs> because yeah. it's a bit high risk and a little anxiety provoking for me right now. Um, but I'm also so grateful for one healthy baby girl that will mm-hmm. hopefully join me in November. So amazing. Yeah. Thank you so awesome. much for having me. Well, thank you so much. I know you have to get to your kids, so we really appreciate your time. Guys, go check out Dr. Stephanie. She would love to hear from you if you appreciate this episode, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it. And please leave the show or review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.